Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Single Chronicles. I'm your girl R.S. Lewis, aka the Insomniac Writer, and today I want to talk about living our second childhood and how we cope while doing such, as well as our responses and projections, and to answer the simple but complicated question of you being happy. Are you happy? So if you are new here, make sure you heart, save, favorite, or subscribe to this podcast so that you can be notified of future episodes. For everyone else, welcome to the Single Chronicles. Okay, guys. Uh, first off, I want to apologize for the audio quality of this particular episode. I didn't get a chance to get in the studio this week, be well last week because I usually uh, record on Fridays and air on Mondays, but I didn't get a chance to because we had snow. So I was home and thus I am home recording this episode. But I want to thank you for tuning in. And again, <sighs> apologies on that uh, on the poor sound quality but anyway um today we're discussing second childhood trauma or better known as complex trauma and uh second childhood trauma more so um relays on to the idea of you know experiencing your second childhood due to declining mental health like alzheimer's patients um, they usually revert to um, their, you know, childhood. They remember things from their childhood, things stored in their long-term memory as their mental health declines. So, like, when my grandfather had Alzheimer's, he started, um, he would look at me or my daughter or whoever and call us by his sister's names and things of that nature. And then he would bounce in and out, but that's what that relies to. But with complex trauma... um. The thing is, is that you revert to a second childhood because you were basically robbed of your initial childhood. You didn't have the protection and the proper guidance and, and, and things of that nature or proper parenting, should I say, from childhood. Be it your parents weren't in the picture, uh, you might have been um, a ward or property of the state, so to speak. Um, like foster children that go from group home or foster home to foster home or whatever and things like that. Or it could relate to you being with either one or both of your parents and one or both of them being neglectful or even abusive. And a lot of times when we think child abuse, we think about physical abuse. Sometimes it's a little more complex than that. You can be the victim of child abuse without having either parent ever laying a hand on you um it could be due to neglect it could be due to undiagnosed mental health issues from either parent anything like that you know or maybe both parents might have been working it, it it's a plethora of things um being a parent you know comes with a lot of times most parents aren't prepared for it i mean yeah there are books and magazines and articles and videos and documentaries and all types of things to try to help you be prepared for what is parenthood. But let's face it, as a parent and a single parent, unless, yeah, you can never be 100% prepared because some shit always happens. 
you know, um, you might have to work. Like me, I worked all the time and it put my daughter in a situation of having to be mature a little sooner. And I, unfortunately, had the same result to some extent. Now, I had my grandparents, but they were like in their 70s when I was young. Um, my mom worked, plus she was had me really young, so she was out here partying, living her best life. And my dad, you know, he wasn't wasn't in the picture. He had so he was addicted to drugs and alcohol, so he was out here going through whatever. Now I don't know exactly what my dad's childhood was like. From what I've heard, it wasn't super bad, but I don't know the full story. And it's not that I don't have somewhat or semblance of a relationship with my dad or my mom, but I do realize that, like my mom, she was a foster kid, and my dad. Whatever shit he went through with his parents or his family back in the day, it created them to be the adults that they are today. And I, you know, didn't realize the impact that that had on my life until like very recently in my life. So it allowed me to or forced me to, you know, get used to being by myself. Even though I have friends, I latched onto them. I sometimes form these unhealthy bonds with unhealthy people. You know, you, you tend to date your parents, so to speak. And that's not just saying people that resemble your parents or look like your parents or whatever the case might be. It might be you just resemble, you, you just are attracted to that same type of neglectful person. You know, someone that you are trying to prove your worth to, you're seeking validation from. And I've talked about that so many times, but I want to really talk about the complex trauma. I've talked about trauma responses, but I never really delved deep into it. And I said that I would come back to it one day. So here we are. Now, now that you kind of have that glimpse onto where this episode is going, now we can continue on. Um, with complex trauma, a lot of times, you know, children you know they're exposed to so many different things um it's 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 very uh it's sad to be honest but uh a lot of times those negative experiences from caregivers and I can't say all of the negative experiences that my mother or my dad had because I don't know them all I have bits and pieces but um with them having me it also affected me it trickles down it's like a generational thing and eventually I I learned it much later on in my adult life like my child is grown now so even with us having therapy and sitting down and 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 discussing these things and being open like I try to have very open dialogue with my daughter I try not to invalidate her experiences and I try to listen with an open mind Mainly because I've experienced some shit and I've probably put her through some shit and I've fessed up to that. I've owned up to that. I've taken accountability for that, you know, for the most part. And I've, you know, I've I kept it real with my child. You know, I apologize for her and I try to be very transparent, not just in general, just on this podcast, just in life, period. Because in order for me to allow myself to be in someone else's life and for them to be in my life, you have to have that level of transparency. Here's all my bullshit. Here's all the good that comes with being around me, be it romantic or be it anything else. It could be <sighs> friendships, work relationships, anything. This is all the good. You're getting all this, but here's some cons. You're also getting this. And you have to ask yourself this question. 
Do I want all the bad? Does that outweigh or is it outshined by the good? You know what I mean? So that's something people need to ask before they even think about jumping into a relationship with someone else. Because until you dealt with your shit, it's going to cast a shadow. It's going to be a problem in that relationship, no matter what type of dynamic that relationship has. So going back to um, the complex trauma, like like I said, it doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be domestic violence or anything like that. It can, it, shoot, it could come from the environment you're raised in. You know what I mean? A lot of times we're raised, like I grew up in North Philly. So for the most part, there was a big familial um environment in my neighborhood like the parents looked out for other people's kids you know what I mean people were connected like there are people that come up to me you know and say hey I saw your daughter walking the dog one night and I just wanted to let you know I ain't nothing happened so I was looking out and that was that same kind of um village mentality that I experienced growing up there was a unfortunately one time I think I was about like 12 maybe 13 there was a shooting literally up the block I want to say maybe 100 feet away from me. I'm playing with my friends. Um, my mother was, I don't know where my mom was at. My grandparents uh, were, my grandmother had literally just went in the house like not even five minutes before. She usually would sit outside when it started. She would, you know, go in and get dinner ready around like four or five o'clock or whatever. And she would say, hey, you got a few, got another hour or so with your friends and you got you to gotta bring it in. So, you know, that was standard. Come on in before the for the street lights come on type shit. And um stay with your friends. Don't go off the block and let you let us know. Even if it's to go to the store at the corner. So regardless, anyway, I'm out playing with my friends. We're all hanging out. Couple like half a dozen of us or so. Somebody gets shot at the corner. My neighbor immediately gripped all of us up. Get the fuck in the house. All of y'all. She gripped us all out. We all in her house. And then next thing you know, we're there until our parents you know, till the coast was clear, the cops came or whatever, our parents came and got us. Now, my neighbor lived next door. She didn't even want me to walk across the banister onto my porch because, like I said, it was it takes a village. It's about looking out for your neighbors, looking out for their kids, even if you ain't had no kids. You know what I mean? We have to, like nowadays, a lot of times people have this, oh, I'm seeking peace, I'm trying to heal, and it kind of gets confused and misconstrued with being selfish like fuck everybody else i'm all about peace no you you still gotta look for i look out for your fellow man i'm sorry that's just basic common sense courtesy whatever shit even animals do it you know like packs look out for the pack so anyway stuff like that can lead to you know complex trauma in the future you know you are so busy living this looking over your shoulder keeping your head in a, a swivel type of mindset that you never got the chance to be a kid and be carefree. And that it's that type of thing that robs a lot of adults from the chance to flourish because you're afraid. Like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. I don't want to take the chance because what if this happens? Like, I'm in the process of relocating out of Philly. And the first thing and a lot of things that, you know, even my mother said, well, you, you know, it's going to be violent. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And I can't let the fear of the shit that I experienced keep me from going anywhere else in the country or in the world for that matter. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah, things can happen. But with me growing up in a neighborhood that is pretty much a dangerous neighborhood, I want to take my chances on a neighborhood that's deemed safe by, you know, st statistically speaking. But anyway... Back to this, uh, the complex trauma. I don't want to get too far off the subject. 
But a lot of times you'll notice that people take that complex trauma and it can go one of two directions. It can go into a relatively negative or positive way. The positive thing you think of like somebody like Michael Jackson who had the money to build a damn theme park, you know, playing with kids, doing all that other stuff, hanging out with kids and all, you know what I mean? And yeah, it could seem very harmless, but at the same time, this is a man that never got to experience this as a child, little small things, family trips, playing outside like here, he might've done some of that, but he spent 90% of his childhood performing on the road, you know what I mean? In the limelight, in the spotlight, not being able to do the simple things that all of us take for granted. Then you got the negative aspect of it. You got people that go out here like, will have a plethora of partners. And I'm not coming down on being open sexually because I'm not against that. But you think about the lack of being able to commit or attach yourself to other people or just just to, to, you know, to, to be in a relationship healthy, in a healthy mindset, even if it's a friendship, just being uh, that, that lack of connection, you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's just one of those signs. One of those times, 90%, I, I want to say a good 80% of people who don't connect or can't connect with other humans is because of something that may have impacted their childhood that they never learned that aspect. They never learned it. They never learned how to be sociable, you know, because we are just, we are social creatures by nature. We, you know, we crave cohabitation to some extent, men probably more so than women, but we do. Then you got people that abuse drugs and abuse recreational things. And I don't have anything against it because I have drinks. You know, I got a little, little, little vape pen, a little something, something on the side. Like, I do these things, but I also have a career in the health field. So that's something that I know I can't do consistently. I can't do that shit every day because I know it's going to take a, an effect and have an impact on my performance, on my body, on my mind, on everything. So I don't do those things that often. Um, other things that people may do. They may resort to being violent, you know, violence begets more violence. So if you grew up in a a, a violent and, and sometimes, you know, unsafe environment, chances are you might, you know, become that environment. A lot of, you know, sometimes they say, oh, you can take the person out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the person or whatever, whatever, things of that nature. Sometimes that happens. And I'm not saying that's always the case because you got plenty of people that grew up in this very same neighborhood and decided they didn't want to be in this neighborhood their whole entire life. They didn't want to be, you know what I mean? They don't. They want, didn't want to get sucked in by it. Kevin Hart, for example, is a prime example of someone who literally grew up a couple feet away from me. Like, I think two blocks away from me is where he grew up at. So he's not just one. He's plenty of others. Now, some people might have a talent that helps them get out of the hood a little faster. Or they might have had more of a supportive structured system to help them get out of this to get out of here like my daughter's godmother prime example did grow up literally on the same block doing a whole really really good raising her son doing her thing does she have struggles sure everybody does but she didn't get caught up so to speak you know what i mean sometimes you got fathers that don't want to be involved in their kids they want to be violent shooting and drug dealing all this other stuff Things that they feel like, all right, well, I can't do anything else. I, 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 you know, it was a thing that, you know, a black man, if he ain't got a, you know, a jump shot or a strong arm to throw a football, he didn't have no way out the hood. You know what I mean? Because we didn't push the idea of science, 
being a doctor. Not saying that's the case with everybody, but that was always that stigma, that stereotype of that was the only way that a black man could get out of the got to get out of the hood. The whole thing with women, same thing. If she didn't have some kind of talent because she sang or danced or whatever, she wasn't getting out of the hood. Now, yeah, there was a time where that was the only way. But as things progress, as as uh, barriers are broken down, that's not always going to be the case. So regardless of such, you got to think about that complex tra- trauma and how it affects you. What are your responses to that trauma? Now, some people, again... You got to, like when I asked in the beginning, are you happy? And if so, or if not, what are you doing to be happy? How are you coping with mental health? Because we all struggle with it. I don't care. Everyone struggles with some type of issue mentally or physically. But for the vast majority of people, we found a way to cope. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So... I was uh, listening to another podcast and the person asked that same question. Like, they, and then it, their their podcast is more about like lifting weights and being in health, nutrition and stuff like that. But they said like, do you go to the gym? Is that your way of coping? And I thought about it. I'm like, shit, yeah. But I will say it's a, better than, you know, the, the, the doing some other shit that ain't so ha- healthy for me. You know what I mean? I could be an alcoholic or whatever the case might be. I might be running from my problems, but... Regardless of how you're running from your problems, regardless of what your trauma responses is, mine, I've even had it. My most listened to episode was about hyper-independence. That is my trauma response, not being able to ask other people for help, not being able to accept help. Now, I've learned to accept it a little bit. And if you want to get, you know, hear more about that, go listen to that episode. It's, it's, I think it's second or third season. So moving along, you know what I mean? Like with us having that issue to deal with and whatever your coping mechanism you know your relationships with food your relationships with people what things lead you to not being able to deal with because there's no reason why a person should be mentally or physically abusive to another human being there's no fucking reason unless it's related to a trauma that they experienced at some point in their life. Sometimes that trauma might not have been in their adulthood. It could have been from another person, another relationship they had in their adult life. But regardless, you got to ask yourself, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Once you figure out that why, now let's treat it. It's just like any other illness. It could be a physical illness. It could be something like diabetes, cancer, whatever. Why did you get cancer? You know what I mean? Oh, well, it was because of the cells dying. Well, where are your cells dying? Because, oh, I had a shitty diet and a very inactive lifestyle. This is why I'm a diabetic. And I'm talking about type 2 diabetes, by the way. So when you start thinking about what the whys are, then when you get that diagnosis, then you can start tackling the source. Modern medicine, a lot of times modern medicine may treat the symptoms, but not the source. This is why pharmaceutical companies make so much fucking money because they treat the symptoms. Let's slap a Band-Aid on it, so to speak. And then, you know, we'll bill you every month or every couple of, couple of weeks. However often you got to fill that prescription for whatever it might be. You know what I mean? Even therapy, as much as it can be helpful, if you find the right therapist, even that, they may not, they may or may not cure everything. They might just do little bit by little bit. Bill you by the hour every week or every other week. So... Going back to that complex trauma, dealing with those, you know, 
mis the the those you no know, those experiences that we have a lot of times it's misunderstood you know the term narcissist for example usually results as is is usually a complex trauma the person had did not have the ability to deal with whatever it was as a child and that's rightfully so unfortunately and so they become this person that craves attention and validation and has and instead of trying to do that on their own they suck it dry out of the other per, out of another person they they find a supply so to speak and you don't need me to define narcissism and how narcissists act because I've talked about narcissism on this channel before I've talked about it on this podcast so I'm not going to really dive into that but regardless that is one of those things or um what is it NPD uh other you know behavioral disorders not just narcissism i'm sorry that is mpd but um um borderline personality disorder so any of these things are basically the result of ptsd based on experiences and situations that you had as a child and you didn't find a way to cope in a positive way you didn't get the help that you needed early on so it brings us to that. Like I said, when, when people think about trauma, they usually think about physical trauma, blunt force trauma, or something that physically happened to someone. When we say, oh, I was abused as a child, you think, oh, my God, well, what did your parents do to you? Did they hit you? No, they just fucking neglected the shit out of me, and I had to raise my fucking self. That's fucking trauma. Yeah, it's not physical, and to some extent, it may or may not be as bad, but... It still is trauma. It's not good to just, and, and it's not good to do that to your kid. And at the end of the day, they're going to have some type of PTSD later on down the road. You know what I mean? And that's basically what a complex trauma is. So what is it about, you know, finding, you know, there's really no way to diagnose it. You can only diagnose the issues that result from it, be it being a narcissist or having borderline or, 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 being a complete hermit or anything, you can those those things that result from it. Yeah, we can break those down. We can retreat those. And there are some narcissists that are out there that have healed or are healing, and they realize this is not a one, um, a one size fits all type of fix. Like what what works for this particular person that has narcissism or borderline is not going to work for the next one. It's not. There's no uniform way to treat it. Everyone individually is different because the trauma that they may have experienced might have been different. So it that chronic bullshit that we deal with as kids or as even adults, you know what I mean? It's those negative experiences or those that negative environment that you might have been in, you know what I mean? Again, it is disruptive to the core of a child or the core of any person. And it's really sad, and it leads to people really trying to cope out here. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with coping. Trust me, I do it every day. I cope with a lot of the shit I'm, I deal with, and to the point it almost made me kind of feel like I was on autopilot. Get up, go to work, go to class, or go to the gym. You know, then I started adding other shit, like doing, oh, I got to do this podcast this day, or I got to make these juices and sell these juices, or I got to do X, Y, and Z, or I'll come home and write or edit. But I was almost getting myself back into autopilot and just settling with 
just keeping my head above water. And I said, fuck that. No, I'm tired of just coping. I'm I'm tired of coping mechanisms and trauma responses. I'm ready to heal. And that's what I started doing. And, and it sometimes it makes me come, come off as standoffish to people. It makes me seem like I don't really want to be around people. And that's not the case. I got to get on this journey. But sometimes... I had to tell myself, and I have to remind myself daily, sometimes that, that healing comes from another person. And I said it again, I, I'm gonna say, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. I had to learn, as a friend said, stop blocking other people's blessings that are here to help you. You know what I mean? That, that trauma that you experience, it can't fuck up your trust. So knowing that I am the type of person that will not trust people easily or openly because I know where it can lead to, I have to make informed decisions and ask crucial questions to make sure that this person I'm allowing in my life is conducive to my life, is positive in my life. And when I say that I can cut people off and not linger and not worry about what the fuck they doing and not worried about trying to prove to them how worthy I am, once I learned how to do that, it started to make me a better person. And now I'm ready to take that next step in the path of healing, in the, in the journey. So... You know what I mean? Again, like the complex trauma really isn't something that was discussed way, way, way back in the day. It's something that we're talking about now because people are more open about mental health and things of that nature. Very more prevalent. You see it on social media. You see it in articles online. You see it a lot more. So whatever that PTSD, whatever that issue that that person may have experienced early on in their life at some point, we're now able to discuss it. And that's the first step, discussing it, being open to talk about it, being transparent, being honest, not just with other people, but with your fucking self. Because if you ain't honest with yourself, how the hell are you going to be honest with anybody else? You know what I mean? We we get so caught up in trying to find somebody to, to, to keep us off of our own fucked up shit that we end up fucking their lives up, end up making our lives more complicated than they are, and putting a band-aid on a bullet wound that is the bullshit that we've been trying to keep suppressed and buried. So I would say this is why I created the Single Chronicles. Yes, it was to deal with a breakup, but eventually it was to learn how to love myself, live with myself, be comfortable. Like, are you happy by yourself? Like I had to ask myself, am I happy by myself? But now I realize, yeah, I can be by myself. I can be happy by myself. I can be happy around a bunch of people as long as they good peoples. They fucked up. I, I, if I, I can't deal with certain energy. I don't care if it's my mom, my dad, shit, even my daughter. If their energy is funky, all right, you know what? I'll catch you later. Because there's some people you can't just cut off and push away. Like, I'm not going to cut my mom, my dad off. I can push them to the side. I can set my boundaries and be over here. Some people, even if they're related to it, it's kind of hard to set boundaries. Sometimes you just say, fuck it. It's a lost cause. But at the end of the day, I know, like, my daughter things that she's experienced in her life, the traumas she's experienced, the stuff of that nature, I know that she still has a healing path to go on. And I know my responsibility to her, even as an adult, is to not abandon her. So when I told her that I was leaving Philly, um, that that's the plan. That was always the plan to leave Philly. It was never not a plan. It just got derailed consistently because I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait till she graduates middle school. I'm going to wait till she graduate high school. I'm going to wait now. wait till she graduate college. Well, <laughs> that's about to come in a couple months. I said, you know what? Let me start this. Because if I keep and I was saying, oh, I'm going to wait till my student loans is paid off. Now I want to wait till I do this. And when I, wait, I kept putting things in the path of what I needed to do, I knew that 
where I am now is not where I needed to be to be the best version of me. And that's not to say I'm running from that, but I know this is not where I want to be. For whatever my reasons are, that's what they are. So I wanted to talk about that, you know, those... I've always wanted to talk about those attachment issues and that latching on to people, you know, regulating my emotions, dealing with myself, enjoying my own silence, whatever that silence may be, wherever that peace may be. If you can't enjoy your silence and you can't, you got to make people feel bad about the fact you by yourself. I don't fucking make people feel bad. I be telling people how much I enjoy being by myself. I enjoy being with other people. I like taking trips. Go out of the city, go wherever. It might be somewhere nice, might be somewhere cold. It might, whatever the reason. I don't mind doing these things by myself. I learned to love the fuck out of my own company. And I learned to make my coping mechanisms and things of that nature and dealing with my mental health and all that other stuff and physical health. I learned to use it to the betterment of myself. And not let it engulf me and put me in this autopilot mood that I'm just dead to the world. Just just, just a zombie. I didn't want to do that. Because that's where it was starting to go. And I said, oh, time to go. Next level. Next part. It's kind of part of that doing that shadow work. I got, I got that shadow work journal. And I'm going to start, I think over the next couple of episodes, I'm going to start discussing that in more detail. Because I've been already doing the shadow work. I just didn't know it. And now that I'm more aware of that yeah the next part of my ride and probably the next couple next season of this damn podcast is going to be a lot more different so that's what i wanted to talk about today because like i said you have to ask yourself are you happy like i'm cool i'm content i'm comfortable but i'm i'm not 100 happy and i ain't gonna sit up here in front yeah i'm a happy person overall i have a happy positive demeanor but I know there's a part of me that can flourish more in another environment. I know that it's not here. It's not North Philly. It's definitely not just this area. It might be another part of Philly. I might change my mind and stay in the city or stay in the state. But for the most part, I know it's something about, like, I've visited a lot of places in this country and even Canada. You know, like, I've 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 seen shit, okay? I got to renew my passport. Get Well, now I got to get a whole nother one because that shit been expired so long. But the point is, is now that when you go to a place, doesn't matter where it is, and you feel something clicks and you feel like, yo, this could be home. Like when I went to Florida, went to different places, went down south, went up north, went to New York, different places that I went. I was like, no, this ain't it. This is cool to visit. It's fun. You know what I mean? But this is not a place that I could call home. I went to middle of nowhere fucking Maine, Bangor, Maine of all places. And I was like, yo, every time I come here. It's harder and harder to leave. When I went to fucking Florida, yeah, I had fun, but I couldn't wait to get the fuck home. I was hot. I was miserable. You know what I mean? When I went and, and I went to I went to Rhode Island, went to Connecticut, went to New York, went to New Orleans, you know, went Midwest, went all over the state of Pennsylvania, went different places, and it did not feel at home. It was cool for whatever reason I had to be there, but at the end of the day, I wanted to go home. And when I got home, I didn't want to be there. So I knew that once I found a place that I could say, oh, I can get my feet wet. Oh, I can put some foundation here, put some roots. It's on and popping. All right, guys. I think <laughs> I'm way over. We had the 30-minute mark already. I didn't even do the writer's reflection. So, yeah, I think we'll come back to this. There's so many topics that I be wanting to talk longer about, but I don't be wanting to talk too long. 
Maybe that's something I need to do with. I don't know. But I don't want this to become a rambling thing like most episodes tend to be. So let's go on to the writer's reflections. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Single Chronicles. Today we talked about the PTSD that is known as complex trauma (laughs) or living your second childhood so to speak and they say that there are I believe three phases of healing with that healing that and that's basically the gist of it you know um the you have to deal with it in stages you can't take it head on you know like any ailment that we deal with certain things it's like when you have a cold you know you have some chicken noodle soup you drink some tea with some honey whatever um rest <laughs> you know you tackle it from different aspects you kind of lower the fever a little bit you don't want to eliminate it because that's your body fighting it so you need that a little something something but regardless of such you may take some over-the-counter meds or you might do the holistic route which i suggest and recommend but regardless you still do it and 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 you attack you tackle it on head you take it head on little by little you don't just all right i'm just gonna just boom overnight no it don't happen that way it has to do it in stages you know it has to go to the root of the issue and eliminate it whatever that virus or infection may be your body takes it on little by little and that's basically what you got to do with almost everything Okay, we're going to treat some of the symptoms, but now we're going to go to the source and and deal with it. So with the different stages of recovery and healing, and again, even though there are three phases, it's always going to be an ongoing, I don't want to say battle, but it's going to take some, you know, some sort of self-awareness that allows you to cope and heal for the long run. You know, it's like if you want to lose weight or get fit, you know, yeah, you might do a diet at first to kind of get you started, you know, do a little bit, uh, have a a nice little calorie deficit, lose that initial weight. Then what you do is you kind of phase away from that and then you find something that's sustainable. You have a sustainable lifestyle that incorporates working out, you know, and, and eating things that are good for you and, and getting all those nutrients that your body needs so that now you're, you that diet what that initially did it may have helped you not overeat and and learn how to fast or, or or withhold from just gorging and food and whatnot so with complex trauma you know you initially have to get yourself somewhere in a safe environment get therapy obviously but you want to start identifying the patterns and the behaviors that you have now like oh shoot I keep dating problematic people or I keep drinking and smoking and doing all these recreational drugs which okay if you do that every now and again fine but engaging in self-destructive behaviors consistently and chronically once you start realizing that what you're that something is not right with what you're doing you know it's it's acknowledging it and once you get an overview of what that recovery process is going to be to it once you've acknowledged those things then you're kind of ready for the second stage the second step which is 
dealing with those difficult experiences and memories and traumas and emotions that trigger you in the first place to do these things. Because once you find the the symptoms, <laughs> now you got to deal with what caused those in the first place. Going back to your childhood or going back to those abusive situations and going back to that neighborhood and think not going back physically to the neighborhood but thinking about all those things that robbed you of your childhood and that that wonderless that children have naturally what robbed you of that to the point that now you're experiencing your childhood you're doing all the stupid stupid stuff that you would have did as a kid that that curiosity that that fearlessness that um just wanting to have fun and once you start dealing with those negative experiences now you're ready to tackle them tackle them with positive experiences i.e coping so now that you're kind of getting a handle on that you start re-establishing healthy relationships and re-engaging and doing normal routines that are good for you like i said you 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 tackle it on and you kind of acknowledge what is there you did that diet so to speak now you start engaging in healthy sustainable routines and a lifestyle that will help you keep you on that healthy path and keep once you you know once you reach your you know your target weight you're trying to get down to like 150 pounds all right now you got there now you want to sustain it you know you can't do that 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 intensive you know intense diet anymore now you got to do something that's sustainable to help you maintain you know a routine and get to some normal semblance of life and find happiness so I want to thank you again so, so much for tuning into the Single Chronicles today. I hope that you learned something. I hope that you gathered something. Um, I do want to have that disclaimer. I put it in the uh, description that I'm not a licensed therapist or a psychologist or a shrink. I'm just someone who's dealt with things and who's continuing to deal with things. And as I heal, I hope that you heal. So I hope that you like it here and I, I get to talk to you soon. Uh, if you haven't had the chance, be sure to check out my YouTube channel. These podcast episodes will now be on there. No, they won't be in video format. I'm going to try to get back to that. Maybe I'm not sure, but, um, because it's so tedious and it's time consuming to edit those plus the other things I put on my YouTube channel that aren't related to this, I decided to just go back to the grassroots of the podcast, but regardless of such, you can find them on all your streaming platforms and now on YouTube as well as Amazon Music. So hopefully you enjoy it wherever you're enjoying this. And tell a friend. If you find something that you like, share it with somebody. (laughs) Well, um, I think that's about it. I don't have a business spotlight for today but I do want to get back to that so if you have a small business or you have an endeavor that you want to spotlight and share with the world feel free to share it with me via my dms you can send that to at insomniac underscore writer or you can email me at rslewis at drunkeninsomniacwriter.com I know that's a lot but you can do that there um, or any of the social media platforms that I'm on. Um, I have multiple pages on Instagram and I also I'm on TikTok. So feel free to send me a message or email me. Um, 
and yeah that's pretty much it speaking of drunken insomniacwriter.com i've gotten back into my writing so be sure to check that out and uh yeah that's about it all right guys i'm going to end it here and i'm going to leave you guys with this simple message that i always leave you with and that is be awesome be you but above all else love yourself all right guys take care